you could ever need starting right now hello and welcome into the water break i am mclean i got will and Cy in this clean feed session with me while we record this show and we're going to start our sports show obviously um by talking about uh five sports in five minutes our five in five of course uh creed is a uh, missing in action this week so it'll be more like four and five without him to talk soccer but we're just going to get right into it uh so in baseball this week um a number of teams clinched their playoff spots uh the only teams whose status is still up in the air um as we enter the final weekend of the season are the st louis cardinals and cincinnati reds so that's a race to watch out for Everyone else is clinched, and unfortunately, your Seattle Mariners were eliminated with the Athletics' victory this past Thursday. On to hockey. A really interesting Game 3 between Dallas and Lightning. So Dallas, who actually jumped out to a one nothing lead in the series, are now finding themselves down 2-1 to going into Game 4, which I believe is going to be on tonight probably starts just a few hours before this show so if you didn't watch that game you should probably check it out it's going to be great i can already guarantee it and yeah i definitely have the lightning winning this one and probably winning the series in six is my prediction that's what i said at the beginning and i'm not changing that based on how the series has went so far uh, but yeah that's kind of about it that's going on in hockey all right now to talk about basketball so the Western and Eastern Conference Finals are wrapping up right about now, hopefully. Um, so the Lakers are have a 3-1 lead against the Denver Nuggets, which is not surprising because LeBron James is putting together a pretty good performance. And what's crazy is Miami, my, the Miami Heat are up 3-1 against the Boston Celtics, coming off of a great performance by rookie Tyler Hero with, with 37 points. And... Um, yeah, these series are going crazy right now, but you can't count Denver out yet just because the past two series, they've come back from being down 3-1. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a Nuggets and Celtics uh, NBA Finals. I I can't think of anybody who had that to start the season. Um, 
left. So I All guess right. that, so that brings I think us we're to football. Football now? Yeah, yeah which is oh, yeah. the last sport, kind of the one that we like to talk about the most. And there's been some really interesting stuff going on in the league. And I know a lot of people have been referring to this past week as the week of injuries, which I kind of don't blame them. There's been, especially amongst big teams like the 49ers, they have just been absolutely riddled with injuries. Uh, Kittle, Garoppolo, I believe they Bosa, lost their running back. Solomon most, Thomas, yeah, they lost Boaster. Yeah. So their team, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. I had them getting second in our division this year, and I don't even know if they'll be able to get fourth if some of these players stay injured. What are they going to do, finish fifth out of four teams? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I misspoke there. I wasn't even realizing that. But They're in a tough spot. If you lose, I mean, they already lost to the Cardinals with a fairly healthy team. If you lose some of your first weeks, you basically have to go like 12-2 and two or something just to come out with a decent record, which is almost impossible to do even for a team like the Niners. So I don't know. It's going to be really, really hard for them to bounce back from this. Yeah, that's for sure. And Christian McCaffrey with that high ankle sprain. That does not look good for the Panthers at all. I had him in fantasy. I'm... I I had him in fantasy. Can we get a um a moment of silence for everybody with the first overall pick in their fantasy league who now have to play Mike Davis? Well, it's it's better than Saquon, I guess. I guess. Well, if you look yeah, at it with Saquon positive. Too. Yeah. Uh, if you had anyone who had a number one or number two overall pick, a moment of silence. Yeah. <laughs> Thank it, you. It ruined the draft. Yeah. It's weird too, because. I feel like Zeke is the number one back right now that's healthy in the league. I said is... I said that this was the best year to have the number five pick in the draft, um, and I was right. Yeah. I think Zeke ended up going like eighth or something in one of our leagues. Yeah. Which uh... I don't even know how that happened, because I had fourth, and I, I kind of regret not picking him, but I got Dalvin Cook, who hasn't been terrible. He has a lot of upside, so I'm. I love Cook too. He had, he did great last year, so I I see a lot of potential in him, basically. But I think Zeke is a safer choice. Yeah. I guess. Speaking of Zeke, what did you guys think of that Dallas Cowboys comeback? How do you not know the rules about recovering an onside kick if you're playing professional football? That like, was. Oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah. Honestly, my guess is like of those, you know, five Falcons that were grouped around it. My guess was that like three people probably forgot the rules in the moment like they saw their teammates not jumping on the ball and go and went like oh well i guess if uh, nobody else is jumping on the ball i'm not going to take a penalty for it you know because they're, they're tough rules to remember the nfl keeps changing the kickoff rules but you still you gotta you gotta have a drill where you recover onside kicks right and to make it even worse it was julio jones was in there um in those five Falcons he was, he was on the hands team? Yeah. Wow. Quite possibly oh. like the best receiver in the league right now, arguably only comparable to maybe Hopkins. That's about it. Yeah. I don't know how he would mess that up. I don't it's know. Just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Falcons are good at blowing leads, you know. <laughs> it I, is history repeated, yeah. I don't think numbers go high enough to count the amount of laps that the hands team is going to have to run throughout this week. It's... Uh, yeah, and I think this might be the end of Dan Quinn, like blowing two crazy leads. That's just 
Well, that's what everyone was saying, uh, you know, last weekend or last last weekend, last year. And that's what people were saying um, after the Super Bowl. They were like, oh, is this it for Dan Quinn? But he just keeps hanging around. Yeah. And speaking of terrible coaches that need to be fired, what about Adam Gase? What do you guys think about him? <laughs> How did he manage to, you know, find Sam Darnold in the draft and not completely squander his talent you know he's really just like putting a dumpster fire of a team around Sam Darnold yeah it's kind of funny you know after that remember last year that one thing that came out about Darnold seeing ghosts and like a huge uh, (laughs) like a 30 point loss or something where he had a bunch of picks I at that point, I was thinking Darnold sucks. They need to move on from him. He's not their uh, he's not their quarterback for the next ten years. But then I saw that one play he made last week, uh, where he was scrambling out of the pocket and he threw almost a Patrick Mahomes style pass for a touchdown. It was, I don't, I I'm pretty that, sure you guys know what play I'm talking about. To Chris Hogan. Yeah, it was yeah. so beautiful the way it just flowed. Like it was a perfect pass. So you got to think that maybe he's not the problem there. And that know. they gotta look, they gotta reevaluate their coaching staff because that's I'm, how I'm looking at it right now. Darnold has shown some flashes. He's shown some big flashes. He's had games like last year against the Dallas Cowboys. He's had games where he's uh, gone out there, put together a really good showing, taken what the defense has given him, avoided sacks much better than they said he could out of college. And, you know, just looked like the whole package. But there's also been times, of course, like the game you mentioned against the Patriots where he was seeing ghosts. Um, you know, it's... I'm not sure what to say on him. I This is his third year in the league, and this is the year when a lot of people say, well, you know, Judgment Day is nigh. It's time to make a decision on Sam Darnold. But I really think you got to just hold on to him for a couple more years. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't even get the chance to be with a half decent team. And that I don't mean to, to say like Mariota and go into all that Mariota stuff, because I know I love to do that. But I feel like Mariota definitely could have been a starter if you were put into a better role with a better team around him. Not that Marcus he had a terrible Mariota. team, but I don't know. I, I saw potential in Mariota. Marcus yeah, Mariota. I, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I just think Sam Donald doesn't have any good receivers other than Chris Hogan to throw to. Like, I don't even really recognize anyone else in the receiving core. I mean, I Le'Veon Bell was supposed to be that, like, game-breaking weapon for him. But, I mean, he's, of course, out with injury right now. And even before the injury, it looked like he had really lost a step. Yeah, Bell is pretty washed up, to be honest. I I can't. I mean, he's old. He's old now. I don't see him doing much else in his career at this point. He's had especially on the Jets. He's had a great career with the Steelers, um, but it just looks now like there's too many miles on his legs. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad because I feel like a similar thing happened to Adrian Peterson, and those are the kind of guys. I mean, he's sticking in the league. He's still playing games. But there's no point in playing someone like that in fantasy. He's not helping out the team as much as he should be for someone of his like status. So I don't know. I think at, at a certain point, you just need to like think maybe it's time to get rid of him. I think these last couple of years have really shown us how great of a coach Mike Tomlin is. And you might be like, what, McLean? How did you get that from there? But think about how Mike Tomlin was able to deal with you know Antonio Brown and all the 
baggage that came with him for six or seven years and then also managed to deal with Le'Veon Bell and make him into a stalwart while also keeping a top-tier pass-rushing defense and keeping Big Ben in the fold. Like, that was impressive. You're completely right. Tomlin's, he's had a really good team for a number of years now, even though they've lost a lot of star players to really, really random reasons. Like, for example, the Antonio Brown thing. Um, or I, I'm forgetting his name. Wasn't it Shazier? The Ryan Shazier. Yeah. 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 With the really unfortunate, I, I think, I can't remember what happened exactly. A neck injury. A neck injury. And he's basically done for his career, which is sad because he was a really good player and he was supposed to be a really, really good player. He was a force to be reckoned with when he was yeah. fully healthy. That's sad. Yeah, Mike Tomlin is a great coach. All right, now y'all, so we just saw that last Thursday night game, the Jags and the Finns. That was pretty crazy, right? You guys watched that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it had Garner Minshew and it had Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick hung it up on um, on Minshew. You know, he ran up the scoreboard. I have to say, yeah, those are some two pretty entertaining quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. I was kind of disappointed. I, I mean, I'm always going to root for Minshew, basically, unless he's playing the Seahawks because I like the Washington guys. But, yeah, it kind of sucked to see him struggle out there. Yeah, yeah. I know. You know what's kind of weird? that The score of that game is kind of identical to the Niners versus Jets game, 31-13. to 13. Really? So do you yeah. mean to suggest that the delta between the Dolphins and the Jets is the same, or the Dolphins and the Jags is the same as the delta between the Niners and the and the Jets? I wouldn't say that. Well, actually, with all the Niners injuries, I don't know anymore. Does this yeah, I... mean the Jets are really bad and they're going to go 0-16, the Niners are average, and the Jags and everyone they've played sucks? I wouldn't say the Niners are average, but at that point last week their their team on paper looked pretty average if we're being honest well, sure. they look I mean, they look subpar at best i mean nick mullins can only take a team so far he's he's another guy i think um one of those random like garner Minshew uh type quarterbacks who just came out of nowhere delivered a couple of great games and then outside of a those great games were you know generally check down quarterbacks and guys who were gonna not be the reason you lost yeah it's interesting and it looks like he's actually set to start uh next week here coming up so i think against the new york giants who are without saquon barkley i mean they should play it safe with uh with garoppolo right uh i i'm not sure whether no i don't think garoppolo's active in the game I'm pretty sure he's still hurt. So it'll be Nick Mullins, and then if anything were to happen to him, I don't know who their backup would be. They're they're pulling a dude out of the stands, basically. <laughs> That's what it is. Wait, there's no fans. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that is true. So they'll have to they'll have to get like a kicker. I think most punters and kickers are trained to be like semi decent quarter, like not great, but they would do the job better than a dude I, in the stands, I think a basically. lot of teams have like a guy who was like a wildcat quarterback in high school and then could fill in as like a guy who could maybe get the ball 30 or 40 yards down the field you know guy who could throw a screen pass and nothing more yeah or or they could pull up someone from the practice squad if they have them I guess what do you do if you don't have a quarterback on the practice squad though like what if everyone on your practice squad is a you know plays a different position 
you go get Colin Kaepernick. That's what you do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess. I mean, he's he's just waiting there. The um, one week contract. I guess. I mean, during the game though, like I don't know what you would do. I I feel like a lot of the like dedicated fans of a team know who the emergency quarterback is. That's like, true. I mean, I don't even know the emergency quarterback of the Seahawks. I know we got Wilson, and then Gino, we have Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith, who Gino played Smith on is, the. Is the he backup. was Sam Darnold's, uh, I guess you could say predecessor. Pre- yeah, predecessor, and he was okay, but I don't know. He he's a backup quarterback for a reason, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But I don't know if they both went down. I don't know who the emergency quarterback would be, and I guess that's because Wilson has never even had like an injury scare since 2017. Yeah. So, Speaking of scares. This weekend, that Seahawks game gave me a heart attack. For oh, against the against the Patriots, that was insanity. You know, I hate to be that kind of guy, but you know how everyone was saying at, when it came down to the very end, because the the Patriots ended up losing the game because they couldn't get in the end zone at the very end. There were a lot of uh, Super Bowl references, and it made me hurt. I gotta say, ever since uh, Russell Wilson uh, joined the league. In Seahawks Patriots games, the offense is zero for three with less than two minutes to go when they're on the one yard line. Yeah, you know, I mean, Brady overthrew Gronk in 2016 and uh, resulted in the end of that game. Uh, Gronk versus Chancellor. Obviously, we just saw, um, you know, Newton getting stuffed by L.J. Collier and Leno Hill, um, and we all remember Super Bowl 49. Oh, don't yeah, see. I I, swear I, 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 I probably see shouldn't be mentioning that uh, on you know Seattle area sports radio, but I see it so much in the most random places. People will just say the Seahawks should have ran the ball. Like it'll be a a like a image or a video that's absolutely nothing to do with football in general, and people will still put stuff like Seahawks should have ran the ball. And every single time I see that, I just like sigh. You it's know what strange. always messes me up about people who say the Seahawks should have ran the ball is you know the fact that second down is the down you're going to run the there's the down you're going to throw the ball right typically but typically. when you're when you're on the like the what's it two yard line i think it changes no, it, like, was, it was just because we had marshawn lynch like, exactly like x factor we there's, did have marshawn no lynch way. but there's I mean, no way they would have blocked him i don't know that patriots defensive front that year was mean for four downs against one of the best like plowing trucking running backs in the game i just don't think it's i can't see that but the clock would have run out after two so basically if you throw Um, the ball on second down you give yourself an extra shot you know rather than having to hurry to the line and you know spike it on third and then run it on fourth i guess yeah i'm not thinking about the clock that's true i just you know i i still if you throw the ball with a minute 10 if you throw the ball then that way it allows the uh play clock to go through twice so even if you do uh throw the ball away even if you do have an incomplete pass which let's face it was the most likely scenario yeah then you still stop the clock with like a minute nine or a minute eight to go and you get to run it twice you know you get two more tries it was a smart play call it was executed poorly malcolm butler made the play of his life and you know it's it's just football it's game inches you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this year people were saying the Pats should have passed the ball, and I kind of disagree. I think they should have still ran the ball, but they should have used a running back instead of Cam Newton. 
They should have yeah. given it off to Burkhead. Yeah, I think they should have given it to Burkhead. He could probably run in there. I don't know. I figured with how, you know, Bill Belichick operates, I figured they might have had, like, a gadget play or something drawn up where they, you know, uh, bring out an offensive lineman to carry the ball or something, like Refrigerator Perry play in the Super Bowl back in the 80s. They 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 might have something dialed up like that, just something that's guaranteed to punch you in from the one. I could see Belichick. I don't know. I could see Belichick doing that, but I... It's just such an uncommon thing, and I feel like the ball control would also be absolutely terrible. Like, there's no way that dude is able to keep it in his arms as well as someone, and I feel like it could, they could really easily force a fumble. Well, I guess, but it's it's the last play of the game. If your two options are fumble and touchdown, that's better than fumble stuff or touchdown, right? That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I I I don't. I haven't seen that ever in my lifetime. That's well, uh, they should try that. The the Perry play? Have you really never seen the Perry play? Well, I wasn't alive when it happened. I'm saying like in the recent NFL. Oh, the Bears actually did it um a couple of years ago. They really? got in- yeah, they got a ton of big guys. They ran a little option play with Mitch Trubisky. Um and they gave I forget who it was. I think it was Akeem Hicks the touchdown. That's interesting. Should have picked him up in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, Akeem makes he's good for six point one with a one yard rushing touchdown exactly. every week. I don't every even week. think I don't even think it's possible to get those kind of guys in fantasy, unfortunately. I don't know. In some leagues you can draft feature. the you can draft the defensive players individually, which is not as popular a format as it once was. Um, yeah. It's just it's not entertaining. Like no one ever drafts O line or D line or any any defensive position really i played uh i played one year where you draft uh the team offensive line the same way that you draft a team defense in a standard league you know and then it gives you the offensive line gets more points based off of rushing yards and they lose points if the quarterback takes a sack did like pocket time have anything to do with it like if they Um, average allow like five seconds of Safety no, pocket, pocket time wasn't really points. a factor. Um, they, I remember okay. they got points for rushing yards and they lost points um, for sacks, and that was basically how it worked. I guess I, I don't like that very much because I feel like uh, it doesn't really have like the running back can still make a great play and not rely on the O line that much. Like if they say they do an outside run or a toss or something like that, and it would still give them points. So. I don't know. It's an well, interesting thing. I mean, but sure, I think... but it was based more on luck, the same way that defenses are, you know? That's true. That's like, true. In fantasy, you'll sometimes see great defenses have games where they get, like, negative points because the offense went up big and the coach sent in the subs and allowed for, like, 500 yards in garbage time. Exactly, yeah. That is, that is true. There's a lot of stuff to take into can into consideration when playing fantasy because you got to think none of the coaches really care how much how many points a certain player is getting they care about winning the game and i i find myself in that situation so many times where like you got the star running back or whatever and they take him out or just to put in some guy to waste time and it sucks yeah well i guess that's a lot of the luck that's associated with fantasy football is around that exactly yeah. So wait, what do you guys think of um, Jordan Brooks making his first NFL start this Sunday? Jordan Brooks? Is he slated to start for the Seahawks? Yeah, per the Seahawks Instagram, they just announced that 
rookie linebacker Jordan Brooks is making his first NFL start. That's cool. That's cool. I, you know what? I think I'm a fan of Jordan Brooks. I think if they let him play, I think he'll he'll show out. You know, Pete Carroll and John Schneider get a lot of flack for their recent draft choices. Um, you know, like Rashad Penny. Um, but I think what they've really had is a problem with health. I mean, all their first round picks keep getting injured and not producing. So I think. I think they should let Jordan Brooks play. I've been a fan of the Seahawks long enough, and I've you know done sports radio here long enough that I've learned to just kind of trust Schneider and Carroll. That is true. They're, yeah, they're good. Like I don't know, Carroll gets a lot of hate for some of the questionable decisions he's made in the past, but he's a really good coach. Uh, the like, mask yeah. fine is, I think, the most egregious mistake oh, he's gonna I, make all season. <laughs> I saw that. I was, uh, yeah, because I was watching him during the game, and I felt like him and a few other coaches. Like I noticed Belichick was wearing his all weird too. Yeah, and... Belichick. He had his mask like under, like over the top of his chin instead of exactly. like pulled down to the bottom of it. You're telling me this, like. How do you run an NFL team and not know how to wear a mask properly? There was no way it was working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that he only did that because maybe he thought there would be like a problem with his mic. Because like that's that's the only part where the mic goes. So maybe I don't know. Well, maybe. It, and it I mean, you be. do see yeah. the you do see the referees uh, pull down the mask whenever they turn their microphone on. But if that's going to be a problem, you could just get like the astronaut helmet like Andy Reid has. You yeah. know, get the get the big plastic thingy. I forget the name for it. Um, a face shield. That's what it's called. You know, like no, nothing is stopping Belichick except for maybe the fact that he probably wants to see the field when he's playing. Yeah, and I think Sean Payton and John Gruden both got fined. I think a hundred k because they were not wearing their masks. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Vic Fangio lot. did as well. You know, the league collected, by fining all the coaches and the assistants who weren't wearing masks, they collected like $1.7 million. Wow. So, fun fact, the NFL actually collected more money in mask fines in week two than Cam Newton is going to make the entire season. Yeah, he's, well, I, I read something from, like, it was a message or a tweet or something from him about, his, like, not wanting to do it for the money and just to play, because he said he's made his money, he just wants to play football and have a chance at winning, which I really respect that, because I know in the professional leagues, especially football, basketball, baseball, and the the main ones, players will just hop over to any team, including garbage ones that have zero chance of winning just for a lot of money. Oh, baseball is egregious for that. It's horrible in baseball, but at least they're all going to the Yankees, so they know they're probably going to win, too. Well, it's been a while. Like, obviously, Garrett Cole notwithstanding, um, but it's been a while since the Yankees handed out, you know, big money to a position player. Um, I say that like Giancarlo Stanton wasn't, like, three years ago. Um, but it's it's not just the Yankees that throw money at all their problems. You know, the San Diego Padres, um, they threw like 330 million bucks at Manny Machado a couple of years back. And the Angels, uh, they somehow managed to win like 18 games or something like that this year while still paying 300 million bucks each to Anthony Rendon and uh, Mike Trout. And I think Trout's making something like 400 million. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel bad for Trout. He's had such a terrible team around him for all these years. And would you say he's the best baseball player like in the league right now? Easily. I'd argue Easily. he's yeah, I I mean I watch him beat up on my Mariners, you know, 
17 or 18 times a year. And I still think that, like, he's a guy you can't help root for. He's the best player in the league, easily. Interesting. I can't think of anybody that's better than him. So... Is there like a no close second at all? Like, well, there's nobody in every individual season. There's been a guy who you can say, oh, maybe this player had a season that was better than Trout's, but nobody's been able to be as great as Trout has for as long as Trout has. You know, like you'd say if you were gonna ask me about this season, I'd say, oh, well, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. probably had a better season than Trout did. But I wouldn't say that Tatis is a better player. Yeah, that's true. I feel like that happens a lot in hockey, too. Cause except for there are some players that could be considered close to Connor McDavid. Uh, but they're all really similar play styles. And none of them have quite been able to like match his success in the past couple of years. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's Which always fun. Um, you see like young players in hockey coming up and having big seasons and then regressing it that does happen a lot but i want to say for all the canucks guys uh it just in the past couple of years we've seen big seasons uh three two calder finalists and one calder cup uh victory which was elias Pettersson, i believe but all of them have continued to play well i i feel like besser's fallen off a bit but at the same time i still can see hughes and Pettersson leading a team to a cup sometime soon hopefully hopefully creed left so we lost all of our vikings bias and then just replaced it with canucks bias exactly (laughs) except for no last year i said that the canucks were gonna win a stanley cup in the next five years and they made a huge run this year they have basically the same team and it's kind of only gonna get better from here so i don't know i feel like when creed says stuff he's just saying stuff even though the vikings are garbage they're getting rid of good players and they still have Kirk Cousins but with the Canucks I feel like there's a chance I don't know maybe it is bias can I hear a prediction from you guys what do you think is going to happen on Sunday night football Packers or Saints who you got I don't know the Saints have had a pretty rough start to their year at least I mean it hasn't been terrible but it certainly hasn't been probably where they want it to be so I would say, I don't know, the the Packers have looked so good, but I still could see the Saints winning that. It's going to be interesting. Well, think about where the Packers have played. The Packers got a home game against the Lions, and then they got a, another home game against the Vikings, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if those two teams are the best yardstick for where the Packers should be. Like, maybe they're just what they were last year which was a team that was really good at beating bad teams and now the saints they've had a they've drawn a bit of a tougher challenge they were on the road the first two weeks of the season um and they lost michael thomas so that is true but he's still gonna be out for this game at least he is supposed to be out right he's supposed to be out i don't think they've officially ruled him out yet but he didn't practice wednesday or thursday and he hasn't practiced today usually if they don't practice by friday is what i would say is they're not going to play because usually i don't know i feel like they're going to get in one practice at least before the weekend and that's how you know even if it's limited i think they're still looking to play but if they're not practicing at all through the week i would say it's definitely a no-go yeah sure well that's definitely a storyline to uh to keep your eyes on um i i would say i would say that i don't know i think the packers have looked really good i think they're gonna win especially without michael thomas though Okay, Sai says Packers. Will, do you say Packers? 
I think I'm gonna have to go Packers. Yeah, you're gonna go Packers. All right, and then once again, you know, just like I said last week on Sunday night, which by the way, I was totally wrong. You guys haven't rubbed my face in it at all that I picked the Patriots. Well, it was a close game. It was I, a close yeah, game. Close. I gotta say, you definitely overstated. I mean, the Patriots have a good secondary. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like you definitely overstated them, and they, I mean, Russ cooked, and they got blown up for like 35 points. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I have a lot to say about that show. If you or about that game, if you guys want to hear more about that game, you can listen to my other show, The Hot Corner. Um, but uh, shameless self promo. I think this weekend I'm gonna have to also go against the grain. I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think that the Saints have had a much tougher draw than the Packers have. I think the Packers got to beat up on a couple of bad divisional teams. And I think that the Saints have, you know, come up short in a couple of games, gotten riddled by injuries, and, you know, had to obviously travel on the road and overcome a lot. So I think that the Saints, I think they're going to bounce back after that loss. Yeah, I, I could see that too. It's, uh, again, I, I'm still not 100% saying the Packers. I, I totally believe this game's going to be a toss-up because they're between two fairly good teams that have had success in the past, but I still got to say I can't see the Packers losing. I think in this game, I think both of these teams are coached very well. I think that whoever has the ball last will certainly win. I don't think we'll see another Newton getting stuffed on the goal line scenario. Possibly, yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about Cowboys-Seahawks? Hawks. That's got to be Hawks, yeah. Yeah, they're they're just going to kill them. I think no last way. week, last week, um, one of the reasons the game was really close was because Quandre Diggs went out on that penalty. Um, that is I, true. I feel like if he was, I feel like if he was there, I don't know, the Patriots wouldn't have had those like easy throws up the middle to Edelman. I guess, and Quandre Diggs, he helps out a lot in that running game too, so he might be key in um stopping Zeke Elliott. Yeah. All right, well, we're running a little long. I don't want to mess up the station clock, so I think we're going to have to wrap up here. Um, feel free, by the way, guys, to uh, text the station at uh, 206-273-9103 um, if you think that we're right, wrong. Uh, tell us what you think about our predictions. Uh, tell us what you like about the show, what you didn't like about the show. We're always open to criticism. Um, oh, and check us check us out on Spotify. You can look up KMIH on Spotify. You can see all the shows on the station. Um, but for now, just uh, keep listening for more music and conversation that spans generations.